Okay, so the word that I want to share today is I simply want to read through Romans 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8 and just share what comes up in my heart about it. Um, it's just going to be a very uh, scripturally founded word and I really believe God is going to going to just reveal new things to me and to you. So um, I'm going to split this into separate segments uh, just because it might take longer than let's say half an hour or however long I want this podcast to be. So, yeah, so I'm just going to jump into it. I'm going to start from Romans 3, verse 20. Uh, what I can say about Romans, uh, it is a very good book to find just a solid foundation in the revelation of righteousness, um, righteousness that comes through faith, and that we're not under the law, but under grace. And then it has a lot of other awesome things too. But it's a very sound um, theological work that will will reach you um, yeah, just in, in identity and the righteousness that you have in Christ. So um, Romans 3 verse 20 says, For no person will be justified in his sight by observing the works prescribed by the law. For the real function of the law is to make men recognize and be conscious um, of sin. Okay, so I just I pray that God will grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation as we, as as I pre- preach this word and as as we hear because I might listen to this again. So um, I pray that this message will the words will be anointed and it will speak um, to our hearts. So it says. For no person will be justified in his sight by observing the works prescribed by the law. So there is no way of relying on your own righteousness through the law um, to be right before God. The only way we can receive righteousness is through faith in Jesus. Now, um, that's, that's the next part. Verse 21, it says, But now the righteousness of God has been revealed independently and altogether apart from the law, although actually it is attested by the law and the prophets. So um, we cannot be justified or made righteous before God through the law, but there is a different righteousness revealed, which Paul later refers to the mystery that has been hidden for ages and um, generations. And that Christ in us, the hope of glory, right? So Christ in us is our righteousness. So it says this righteousness has been revealed independently and altogether apart from the law, although actually it is attested by the law and the prophets. Now, what does that that part mean? It's being attested by the law and the prophets. Well, when we speak about the centrality of Christ in the word, um, you can find Jesus literally throughout um, the word um, from genesis to revelation there is constantly um, in the old testament either shadows of jesus in the different um, stories that play out in the word um, or direct prophecies if you look at isaiah 53 hundreds of years before the cross was prophesied um, that he he will die on the cross and, and it explains that by his wounds we are healed, which, G, uh, which Peter later quotes and says by his, his wounds um, we are healed, we were healed. Okay, so it says here, um, 
that it's attested by the law and the prophets. So the law, there's actually shadows and pictures of Jesus in different things expressed in the law. For example, the Passover meal that they had to do or they had to sacrifice the lambs and all of that. And we know that Jesus is the lamb that was sacrificed. But also um, the law ha had to, the law expresses judgment. So the law um, needed to be there for all of the judgment to come upon Jesus on the cross. So there is a clear um, definition to what sin is and um, what righteousness is and under the law. If you, you needed to do all of these different things and um, no one could make it. We'll read now, all have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God, but we're justified freely by His grace. So that law was a needed to be there for sin to be righteously punished and for Jesus to be the sacrifice that completely satisfies the law and all of the judge, judgment for sin um, expressed in the law. Okay, so it says... Yeah, and then the prophets prophesied about Jesus. So verse 23, 20, 22 says, Namely, the righteousness of God, which comes by believing with personal trust and confident reliance on Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And it is meant for all who believe, for there is no distinction, since all have sinned and are falling short of the glory, of the honor and glory which God bestows and receives. All are justified and made upright and in right standing with God freely and gratuitously by His grace. Um, His unmerited favor and mercy through the redemption which is provided in Christ Jesus. Um, so in your worst moment, just realize all have sinned. Okay, You're not the only one, but we are justified freely by His grace. But there is one thing that needs to happen. It says the righteousness of God, which... Um, with uh, faith which comes by believing uh, on Jesus Christ and it is meant for all who believe for there is no distinction so um, there is no distinction whatever your ethnicity is uh, whatever your background is a natural birth um, that is not what qualifies you what qualifies you is faith in the blood of Jesus. So whatever your background is, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter how you grew up, um, when you receive by faith the word of salvation, you get born again, you receive righteousness as a free gift. Um, so yeah, so it says you're all have sinned and are falling short of the honor and glory which God bestows. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So um, no one can make it under the law. Um, you can't qualify through your works to be righteous before God you need to believe and that believing that identity will end in works of righteousness being expressed since all have sinned and falling short but it says all are justified amplified says all in brackets are justified and made righteous and in right standing with God and again it's in the context of those who believe John 3 says um, those who believe um will never be condemned. Those who do not believe are condemned already. So um, there was a condemnation expressed over mankind because of the sin of Adam. And the law was given later and codified that. And Jesus is the sacrifice that bought us from the law. But if we don't receive that sacrifice, that we're just 
they're still dead in sins and, and we didn't receive the salvation. So you need to believe in order to be born again and in order to have righteousness. Um, also, simply God doesn't force His righteousness on us. He gives us the right to accept it, um, to choose the light instead of darkness. Okay, so redemption which is provided in Christ Jesus. So redemption comes through Christ Jesus. Uh, Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood and the forgiveness of our sins. Okay, redemptions mean, redemption means we've been bought. Um, we have been... There is a price paid. The blood of Jesus was paid for us to set us free from sin. Okay. So it says, through, which, Redemption which is provided in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward before the eyes of all as a mercy seat and propitiation by His blood, the cleansing and life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation to be received through faith. So God put Jesus forward as a mercy seat and His blood is shed on the mercy seat. Um, the spiritual reality of the Holy of Holies, where that spiritual reality of the Ark of the Covenant, where Jesus went into the heavenlies and, and shed his blood uh, on the mercy seat. And because of that, in the Old Testament, there was a whole process, but that is where the blood was offered. And there was the cherubim overshadowing the mercy seat, um, the two angels. And with their wings and under that was where God said he would meet with, with them. So God said, I will meet with you there. So there is a, a meeting that happens when the blood is on the mercy seat. Um, and there is an access that's given to the, the Holy of Holies, to the secret place of the Most High. We have access, entrance, um, by the blood of Jesus and by his body broken. Okay, so um, his blood was a, a redeeming sacrifice is the cleansing and life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation so he is his blood was shed for us it says it was to demonstrate and prove at the present time that he himself is righteous and that he justifies and accepts as righteous him who has true faith in jesus so again if you have any questions see this if you have faith in jesus he accepts you as righteous regardless of what you've done uh, Hebrews 10 says, by a single offering, he has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. So it's simply by receiving the offering. You had no way to save yourself. And receiving the offering and faith in that will actually manifest that righteousness in your body, in your soul, uh, in your spirit. So that is the power of the gospel, hearing the gospel. It says, then what becomes of our pride and of our boasting? It is excluded, ruled out on what principle? Of doing good deeds no but on the principle of faith for we hold that a man is justified and made upright by faith independent of and distinctly apart from good deeds okay works of the law um, the observance of the law has nothing to do with justification so we cannot stand on our own works before God um, God is calling us to live a life of the manifestation of holiness and righteousness. But that manifestation is His Spirit manifested in us. Um, and it says, yeah, man is justified and, and made up righteous by faith. So again, there is a faith aspect. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So that this message is bringing faith to you. And if you don't believe, 
and you receive it now suddenly you are justified and if you are justified and you hear this the justification the righteousness your true identity manifests because you have faith in who you are in christ and what christ did for you where is god merely the god of the jews is he not the god of the gentiles also yes of the gentile also since it is one and the same god who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through their faith okay so whether jew or greek slave or free there's no distinction when we have faith um, there's a complete new man in christ for it is the same trusting faith in both cases uh, a firmly relying faith in jesus christ do we then by this faith make the law of no effect uh, or make it a dead letter certainly not on the contrary we confirm and establish and uphold the law so we don't just ignore the law um, the faith is the full fulfillment of everything that the law required so when we have faith the blood of jesus satisfies all of the requirements of the law and um, the, the word says that we have the law of the spirit of life written on our hearts now which is the law of love and so but we were completely removed from the law of moses uh, which in this context context speaks about the law of moses no one can be justified through the law so we don't ignore it jesus even said that he, it will not be done away with um, it is fulfilled okay so it means that the, it's not like there is a valid contract and we said oh we just ignore it it says no the blood of jesus came and it fulfilled the contract it fulfills the demands of the law and therefore the law is now not on um not of application to us anymore we now have the spirit of god in our hearts and we are led by the desires of the spirit and the word of god okay it says in verse 4 but if so what shall we say about abraham our forefather humanly speaking so obviously he's referring to his natural lineage he says what did he find out um it says for if abraham was justified by good works he then that he did then he has grounds for boasting but not before god okay it says for what does the scripture say abraham believed in god and it was credited to his account as righteousness okay so again it says abraham believed and that faith is credited to his account as righteousness now that is speaking also of, of the faith that we receive when we believe the gospel faith is credited to us as righteousness it says now to a laborer his wages are not counted as a favor or a gift but as an obligation but to one who not working by the lord trusts in him who justifies the ungodly his faith is credited to him as righteousness okay so again not working by the law not relying on yourself your good works or your bad works but relying on the blood of jesus and that is what makes you right before god it says thus david congratulates the man and pronounces a blessing on him to whom god credits righteousness apart from the work he does so there's a blessing um, in the word of forgiveness again god credits righteousness apart from the works he does blessed and happy and to be envied are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered up and completely buried so there's a blessing that comes upon us 
when we, um, when we know that we are forgiven. And so it says, who's envied are those who are, whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered up and completely buried. Blessed and happy and to be envied is the person of whose sin the Lord will take no account or reckon it against him. So it doesn't matter what you just did. The blood of Jesus cleanses it. And it's interesting, in that cleansing, um, it actually removes the desire. It removes the awareness of sin. So you're not trying to fight a desire. You become completely unaware of it and you become aware of the holiness and the goodness of Jesus. Um, that's, that's what forgiveness manifests. The Spirit of God completely subdues any other manifestation in your life as this faith is in your heart. It says, is this blessing then meant only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? What shall We say that faith was credited to Abraham as righteousness. So again, not, not natural distinction, but whoever believes. It says, how then was it credited to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the mark of circumcision as a token evidence of seal of the righteousness, which he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. Faith so that he was to be made the father of all who truly believe. Through the, um, though without circumcision and who thus have righteousness imputed to them and credited to their account okay so uh, we have righteousness imputed to us and credited to our account okay so it says as well as that he be made the father of those circumcised persons who not merely circumcised but also walk in the way of that faith of our father their father abraham uh, had before he was circumcised for the promise to abraham and his prosperity that he should inherit the world did not come through um, the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Okay, it says, um, if the adherents of the law who are to be heirs, then faith is made futile and empty of all meaning, and, uh, and the promise is made void. For the law results in wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression of it either. Therefore, the promise is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith in order that it might be given as an act of grace. Okay, so the promise uh, is entirely of faith. There's this promise that his posterity, um, his, those who would follow after, would, would inherit the world is now not according to a natural lineage. lineage. We'll, we'll get to it some, at some point where it speaks of the promise was made to his seed. Um, not to seeds as if referring to many people, so not the natural descendants of Abraham uh, in that sense, but there, uh, for this specific promise, um, there, the inheritance is to, the promise is to the seed, and that seed was Christ. Okay? And Christ is heir, heir of all things, and we are co-heirs with Christ. So there was a natural lineage according to the natural um, seed of Abraham. And they received the law and, and so on and so on. And they were the circumcised and all of that. And then there was the spiritual um, lineage, which is those who have faith with the believing Abraham. Um, and the seed, which is Jesus, which was to come 
and um, that seed is the inheritor of the promise. But we'll we'll get to that now. So there was um, promises to the natural Israel, um, but but the f- true fulfillment for those promises, for the promise of inheriting the world, was to through faith, and that is the promise to Christ, and we are the body of Christ. So corporately, we are co-heirs with Christ, and we own the world. Okay, so therefore inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith in order that it might be given as an act of grace. So again, it's not by the natural lineage. It is not by um, by works of the law, uh, trying to earn righteousness, but it is through faith as an act of grace. And no one could fulfill the law and um, be righteous before God apart from faith in Jesus. Um, to make it stable, valid, guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the devotees, devotees and adherents of the law, but also those who share in the faith of Abraham. So again, not um, just those of the law, but those who share in faith. So remember, we're placed in Christ, so we are heirs of that promise. Okay, It says here, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations uh, in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already exist. Okay, So when God um, speaks or prophesies, he, there's things that is given in Christ now, but he speaks those things. Uh, before the manifestation is there, because when we believe those things, agree with them, the manifestation comes. Okay, so he calls those things which do not exist as if they do. And says, for Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations. Okay, so Abraham hoped and the promise that he received that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised so numberless shall your descendants be he did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body which was as good as dead because he was about a hundred years old Um, or when he considered the barrenness of sarah's womb no unbelief or distrust made him waver concerning the promise of god but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Okay, so Abraham received the word from God and the situation looked completely different than what God said, but he held on to the word. And so we have a better manifestation of faith in that um, it's everything God speaks to us now is is already given in Christ, um, where they had to have a long time of waiting many times before the manifestation. Uh, we have it already and we receive it through faith now. But um, you can still take this that Abraham took the word that God gave him in relationship and he, he held on to it regardless of what it looked. God said to him, you are the father of many nations. His circumstances said, I really hope I'll be a father. <laughs> okay, and so, uh, and so it was... In the natural, it was impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Okay, so um, he held on to the word in faith. He grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. 
fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his work, uh, word and to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was credited to him as righteousness. But the words it was credited to him were not written for his sake alone, but they were written for our sakes too. Righteousness, standing acceptable to God, will be granted, credited to us also who believe in God who raised our Lord Jesus from the dead. Just imagine that we believe in God who raises the dead, who raised Jesus from the dead after he completely paid with his life to destroy the effect of sin and death on our lives. He was betrayed and put to death because of our misdeeds and was raised to secure our justification. So Jesus died on the cross. His blood was shed. He was crucified. And, and so his blood was shed, but then he was raised. And after he was resurrected, uh, one of the, the first ladies he appeared to, he said, do not touch me. I have not yet ascended to the Father. And so, but a little while after that, a few days after that, he says to Thomas, touch me. You know, so um, Jesus was raised and he took his blood, was raised, ascended to the Father, and he sprinkled it on the heavenly mercy seat. And now he's raised forever to uh, make intercession for us. So he is our high priest now, and he brought the perfect sacrifice. And so in that way, he was raised to secure our justification. There's more to that, but um, that's, that's, that's what I have for now. Okay, so it's Romans 5 verse 1. It says, therefore, since we are justified, justified means we are acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God. So if you believe in Jesus, doesn't matter how you feel, doesn't matter what you've done, you have a right standing with God. And the more you believe it, the more you have boldness to come to the throne of grace and you receive mercy, you receive well-timed help. And sin loses its power over you because the, the life of God, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you and you're in a relationship and that manifests. Okay, it says, given a right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So just think about it. We have peace with God. He's not angry at us. He's not accusing us. You know, it's like if you do something that, let's say when you were young, if you threw a ball through the window at home and you had to wait for your parents to get home, there is that sense of sometimes, uh, it depends on what relationship you had with your parents, but there can be that sense of judgment, like I'm going to be condemned or I'm going to be judged. Um, there's not that peace. Um, that you experience in your relationship. But God says here, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So you have peace with God. God is not angry at you. He is at peace about you. He just wants to help you. He's, he's not holding your past against you. He's standing with the answer and says, here, receive my grace. Receive my ability that can take you out. Okay, it says, um, through him, we also have our access by this faith into this grace in which we stand okay and let us rejoice and exult in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of god so we have access through faith and so we can experience the glory of god because of faith in jesus it says moreover let us also be full of joy now let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings knowing that pressure 
and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. Now, an endurance um, develops maturity of character and character of the sort produces the joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. So what is, this does not mean is that God wants us to go through suffering in order to teach us. But what he does is in the middle of suffering, he, he says rejoice. And that joy has the power to change our circumstances. Um, and so God makes all things work together for good. So if there is pressure, he uses it and he brings patience. What is patience? It's not just waiting for it to just be over. It is um, have, having not relying in ourselves, but relying uh, in God. And, and we have experience. So suddenly we have an experience of Jesus saving us from the suffering um, and endurance, which develops maturity of character. This is not God trying to build our character through suffering, but in the middle of suffering, the anointing teaches us. And in that endurance, there is a character, there is a substance of, um, of the Spirit of God manifesting in us, saving us, but also, I'm not looking back. I'm, I'm just walking forward. And there is a that. So, but God doesn't doesn't cause anything to try to form our character. It's simply um, the result of being in a situation, but being in that situation with God. God didn't cause it. God didn't allow it. It's in the world because of sin. But He's with you in it, and He works inside of you. And there is uh, greatness. And He says. Integrated character produces joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Um, so, but it just says hope. So, in the King James. So, there is hope in your heart. After experiencing the goodness of God towards you in your circumstance, giving you endurance, giving you um, faith, carrying you through, giving you, building you, you up so that you can have consistency, all of that. And he says then, such hope never disappoints for God's love has been poured in our heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So the Holy Spirit poured into my heart is the one who gives me hope. It's the one and that hope, it says if we have hope in the midst of our circumstance, um, if we have hope in God, he will never disappoint us. That hope that comes from rejoicing in the midst of the circumstance. We're not rejoicing like, yay, a circumstance. We're rejoicing in God's salvation that saves us out of the circumstance. I hope it makes sense. Okay, so I'm going to end this one right here. And uh, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, I just want to give you the opportunity. I'm going to keep reading and then just post another podcast after this. Um, please try to listen through them all. It's going to be awesome. But um, but yeah, so... so if you never receive this righteousness which comes through faith, you don't yet have the righteousness of God in you and you're not yet made right with God. I want to give you the opportunity. Just pray with me. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive all of my sins. Wash me clean with your blood and give me eternal life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Um, I'm ending this one. I'm starting the next one.